0: Now, on the T, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. It's time for your weekly t box dysfunction. And alongside the cat, Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. Hit us up on social media, at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and. C-A-D-D-I-E, that is both the Instagram, that is both the Twitter. We've had some good Twitter interaction with the patrons over the last couple of weeks. We appreciate you. We'll always try to answer back. How can they get a hold of us via the telephone line, Michael Collins?
1: <laughs> see what happened was I don't have the
0: thing in front of me. Oh, you don't have the hotline. I don't have the hotline number did, in front of me. Did I not instruct you to take a picture of it with your cell phone? You
1: may. I don't recall. I do not recall that. It's eight six zero five zero six zero six one two. I'm pretty
0: confident in that. I'm pretty confident in that. All right. Well, look. Let me. Uh, let me see if. Let me see if I took a picture of the, of the hotline. <laughs> This is actually a stellar way to start up the podcast. Regardless, one of us will get the hotline. And we finally got phone calls, some good ones, too. Yeah, so we're going to get to those coming up in the back half of the podcast. Uh, The question last week was uh, marijuana and golf. Uh, Should it be allowed on the PGA Tour? So we'll get to that coming up. We appreciate the phone calls. When one of us dopes, figures out the hotline, because I'll be honest, I don't have it either.
1: I'll take full Uh, responsibility. That is kind of your thing.
0: That is your thing when we're setting up the podcast. I give the social media, you give the hotline. I One know. of us dropped the ball and it wasn't, uh, me. Now <laughs> we have a, we have the, the absolute epitome of us. Oh, look what I found. A picture of the hotline Ta-da. on my phone. The hotline listener <laughs> line hit us up. 860 506 6012. Oh, I was close. I just switched the two numbers. Guess what happens when you closely miss a birdie putt?
1: I still make
0: par. It's a par. Unless I'm Cooch and Sergio. 860, we'll get into that. (laughs) 860-506-6012. All right, we'll get to your calls from last week about marijuana, the PGA Tour, in a minute. I have a great question uh, for the patron today to call us in on the hotline. Mm. So much to get to in today's podcast, but I want to lead with Tiger Woods at the WGC in Austin. Caddy, broad stroke my thoughts, and I want to hear yours. And I alluded to it a second ago. I just want to give the patrons a little bit of an idea of what's going on today. Uh, Michael is in our studios in Seaport, New York City. Yeah. Our thanks to those folks at uh, ESPN Radio New York. I am at 106.3 FM ESPN in West Palm. And producer Drew, if and when he decides to show up, is manning the show. There he is. He's here. He's manning the show out of Bristol. Better late than never. Yeah. Look. Look, See,
1: this is how this podcast starts. One. I forget to bring the business card (laughs) to the studio so I can have the number in front of me. Drew is pounding on us about how important it is to be on time because we got three different moving parts of this thing and he shows up late. That's correct. And Matt, is, well, just Matt. No, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, that's my point, that's exactly right. Like I
0: just, I, I'm like the starter at the golf course, I'm just making sure everything gets off, On, a, on a, I'm like the fiber in this podcast diet. I'm that's making, I mean, you're just handing out apples. I, I'm just keeping it regular. All right, Here's your orange slices, kids. So, broad stroke Tiger Woods, he played three matches on Wednesday, or three matches... He pl- How many did he play on Wednesday? Well, he played Wednesday, the Thursday, Friday, yeah. so th- and then
1: played two matches on Saturday.
0: So he played five matches total, beat Rory, which I want to get into the Rory match in a second. But I will tell you there were times when Tiger was passing through the ball as good as I've seen him in the last couple of years. The swing looked good. There was some inclement weather. It was a little cold. It was a little windy. But here's what I will say to you, Colin. Mm. There is no one on planet Earth that can convince me Tiger did not throw that match against Beer Garden on 18. No one threw the match. You think he did that on purpose? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's just, let's
0: just walk.
1: walk this. Hold on. Why? Okay, Why? I'm, Here's because, okay, look. We both know <laughs> of these dudes, okay? We both know... Golfers, professional—you know what? Just say professional athletes. We know enough professional athletes that they don't like losing at checkers That's right. when there's a dime on the line. Correct. When you're playing for a nickel, like five cents for real, or even if you're not playing for money, you don't want to—yes. Yeah. Much
0: less this dude. <sighs> okay, yeah. All right. All right, so here's what happened against <laughs> Lucas Biergaard. He was playing the, look, again, we had already, we had already said it. He had already gotten in, uh, four matches prior to that. So technically four matches is, is a typical tournament. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So he's in his fifth match against Bear. And Garden. he just
1: beat Rory that morning.
0: So he had already done what every, what he wanted to do. He wanted to beat Rory because he wanted the talk amongst the golf people that Tiger still has the game to beat one of the top two players on the planet. Check. Done. So then he starts Ooh. his match against Biergaard. The uh-huh. weather had started turning for the worse. He was beating him because he was just playing golf and he was beating him. The only window of opportunity. Oh, and by the way, Guard hit that long putt on 16. Okay? Yes. So the only window of opportunity Tiger had to get himself out of potentially three more matches, which would have been no, two more matches, which would have been too much golf for him, was to A, leave a 57-yard chip short in a bunker. One. Two, a four-foot putt to extend the match. You are telling me that from 57 yards, the greatest player of our generation couldn't get up and down?
1: Uh, One question. Okay. Have you ever seen him miss that shot? before recently. I no, like it was an easy shot. It was no a, no no that's not a question. That's not I, I understand it's an easy
0: shot. I know it's an easy shot. But No, not recently. Oh. Not not in the last uh from let's let's say from the only okay, the only time I've seen him recently misjudge a shot like that was at the open championship when he tried a flop shot, and it left it yeah, and he left it short yeah, and then I think he bogeyed or doubled the yeah, hole, it was, and yeah, it kind of t- it took him out of content. yeah, correct. But but listen, caddy, here's the other telltale he, he 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 threw the match. What does Tiger do? And you know this because you're at all these tournaments. After a round, how does Tiger handle the question of? How did you think you played today? How does he handle that typically?
1: He does a typical Tiger answer. Which is? I felt like I hit the ball really good today. There you go. Everything.
0: (laughs) That's it. That's it. Stop. What did he say after this? Oh, I am so angry. I am so pissed. He never (laughs) says that. Ever. I know. Well.
1: Ever. And here's the funny thing. So he it took him a long time to actually come out. And talk, but you also have to remember Rory. Rory didn't throw that match and he didn't speak, period, to the point where he actually put an apology out on Instagram and Twitter for not speaking to the media afterwards because he was so lit up. But see, this is where I give these guys a pass. It's because golfers are not used to playing match play and they're also not used to. Having to speak as soon as they walk off a
0: green and got beat. Yeah, yeah, because they're typically playing the course, not the player.
1: Correct. So after they finish, they go in the scoring trailer. They sit down, chill for a little bit. Phil takes forty minutes most of the time that he's in there, just gathering his thoughts, gathering you know, retying his shoes. I don't know what he does, but whatever. It's, there's Get guys the massage, that take, who knows? Yeah, maybe. But I'm just saying, you know, working them calves out again. Uh, there's guys, they just take time. And Tiger wasn't going to speak either, and they kept saying, he kept telling guys, just give me a minute. Just mm-hmm. give me some time to cool off before I speak. And my, to my guy's credit, who was there, was like, well, how much time you need because the Jets fueled up? So, like, what you going to call us from the airplane?
0: There air? you go.
1: Like you gonna you gonna leave and jump on the jet? That's what Rory did.
0: Jet like, was fueled up for yeah. what? To be in the well, the jet was fueled it.
1: up. You know, once you once the pilot sees that he lost, then it you start going through all the pre check routine. Like here we go, get it's time to go because you know it's not like he's like oh, I'm gonna stick around for a couple of hours and get some practice in.
0: No, he wanted to be in his bed by Saturday night. To take Sunday off to get around in at Augusta at some point this week, which he probably already has, and then he wanted to rest. There's in no world. I just, it's so hard
1: to believe that he threw the last hole on purpose.
0: So that is my question to the patrons 860 506 6012. Did Tiger throw the match on 18 to get home and rest? For the Masters.
1: Listen, everything worked out as perfectly as I had hoped, not just for Tiger but for Rory too. I love the fact that Tiger beat Rory. It's great. Because this is the second time. See, this time when Rory got paired with Tiger at L.A., it wasn't nearly the madness that it was when he got paired with him last year and he came off the course talking about I got a headache and Tiger gives a shot and a half to the field every time he tees it up. I don't know how he plays in that craziness. Nah, you give a shot and a half to the field when you play in that craziness because you ain't used to it. Right. And he learned it again playing with Tiger. Now, the good news is for Rory McIlroy, him not getting past Tiger probably peeved him. That's it. Something terrible. And now he's going back to read one of his self-help books, which he's still – I'm still waiting for mine. <laughs> Roy, you say he was going to hook me up. Let me read that because I'm – Actually, really curious about it. He's going to read some more because the last time we were at Augusta, Rory was the favorite until he opened his mouth on Saturday night and tried to throw shade at this one dude on the PGA Tour right now you can't throw shade at when you're going to play him on Sunday. One guy, and it ain't Tiger Woods, is Captain America.
0: The oh, last thing
1: you, don't ever give Patrick Reed ammo. That's do He's the only golfer right now I know that plays better. Angry. Well, let, we'll, we'll get into Patrick Reed. In, in all yeah. That. But I'm saying for Rory, he learned last year that if he wouldn't have talked smack to Patrick Reed, he probably would have had a better shot coming down the stretch on Sunday. But because he was so dis, dis, I don't want to say disenfranchised, but but he was so put off by Patrick doing what he was doing to him that he he lost focus on his own game in a sense because he let Patrick Reed get under his skin.
0: All right, help me out with how this how this goes with this match between the two, Tiger and Rory. Between Tiger and Rory? Yeah, what does that have to do with Rory?
1: What I'm saying is Rory learned something going into the Masters. Number 1 the crowd's not going to be nearly as crazy as it was at match play. That's correct. He's not going to get paired with Tiger Woods in the first, to second round, or okay. first round at least. They repair every day, mm-hmm. so he ain't getting paired. Wait, I'm pretty sure they repair every day. Sometimes That's that good. throws me off. It does. It just that you just you got me thinking about it. I know day. because I think I'm I'm almost well.
0: I don't no. think no. Do. Actually, they don't, don't because they,
1: do. they don't because they don't go twosomes until Saturday. That's right. They go threesomes. They're not
0: twosomes. They're not. They're grouping and pairings, sir. Okay, so Augusta get get your get your Augusta vernacular ready now.
1: Well, you know what? Today it's pairings and first nine (laughs) seconds. When we get there, it's patrons and groupings. All right. All right. So until we get there. Until I have my badge, you give me a badge and I'll say it the way you want. (laughs) If you don't give me a badge, I'll say it the way I want. How about that? You know what what I'm saying? When I'm (laughs) on your property, I'll play by your rules. When I'm on my property, I'm going to play by my rules. So there you go.
0: Um, You talk all big and bad No, They won't have you on your knees. They'll have you on your knees by Monday
1: morning. You know I was just playing, right? Y'all know I was just playing. I was just playing. Let me Now give give me a second while
0: I go drop a mortgage payment and. the... (laughs) Yeah, shop. Yes, right, that's
1: the other thing they're going to let me in. We'll get to that too. All right. Um, so
0: back to Rory. So he back learned. To
1: Rory. He learned something in that loss to Tiger that if he gets paired with Tiger on Saturday or Sunday, he now knows what he's got to do. Absolutely.
0: Look, it, you, and Caddy, you hit it perfectly. I think it benefited both both players. Like they probably triggered. I do
1: Tiger through the match. There's no but. <laughs> so, hold on. Okay, go I don't on. believe that he threw the match, but I'm extremely happy that he didn't play Sunday because it was 41 degrees. That that golf course in itself, and I was saying this before, that golf course is a horrible walk. It's not a. It's we spoken to a couple of golfers. It's not even a great golf course. That's not a good walk, and it's 40 degrees. And what happened to Tiger when he tried to. Compress a lot of golf on a
0: next train. Yeah, that's. Let me, ask in LA. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something.
1: Let me ask you something.
0: They have. We we all we live in a, a world just full and beefy with technology. Yes, you are telling me that no one in Camp Tiger pulled up a weather app for Sunday and was. Oh, like, we know that happened though. Right. Okay, so he's like, you know what? I am not going to play 36 holes of golf, more golf, in this weather if I don't have to. Now, if he just goes out and beats Beauregard and he just can't do anything about it by just playing Tiger golf and he wins. Or if Beauregard
1: plays like Aaron Wise, who you could tell, like, Tiger's very first match against Aaron Wise, that dude, I felt so bad for him, and I love Aaron to death, but you could tell he
0: was shook.
1: Right. So that first match was an easy walk for Tiger. Yeah,
0: yeah, and he can, he can't do anything about that. But if 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 Beauregard left the door open by by nailing that putt on sixteen, and so they're they're just you can Let me ask you something. Okay,
1: if Beauregard makes the putt on sixteen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or say he misses the putt on sixteen, yeah, do you think Tiger then tries to throw two holes away?
0: No, because it's too I, obvious. Here's yeah, here is my exact thought on this. Okay. I legitimately believe Tiger was playing the the match to play the match, and whatever was going to happen, happened. If he won, he won. But when he was given a sliver of a crack of an opening to maybe push a putt, he makes 9.5 times out of 10, or a chip shot, a pitch that he hits a lot. When he saw that opening, I think that he took it. Why not at least
1: have the hole and lose in a playoff then? He didn't if need to. You're going to do it.
0: He didn't need to. He he absolutely didn't need to do it. He's like, all right, I'm going to leave it short. And Beauregard played what everybody said you should do, which is play that shot long and try to get yourself out of there with a 15-foot birdie putt or par at worst. And so Beauregard does that after Tiger leaves it short in the bunker. Mm. And then he hits a great bunker shot. And then he's like, all right, Beauregard's in for par. And he look the the putt almost went in. I just he had an opportunity. He, he had an opportunity to make a business decision, and he took it. And I'm fine with it. I
1: don't know if I'd be fine with it. If if I don't know, man. Look,
0: uh, look I'm not saying
1: me. I understand it's a business decision. He's not point. It's like Shady, a wide receiver just, going across the middle and alligator arming it when it's the first quarter, and like you want to see the second half of the game at least in the playoffs or something. Like uh, I don't know.
0: Can I ask you this? I so, just don't what? know how I feel about that. I know it, I hated. Yeah. I hated. I hated saying I hate, it. Too. You know what?
1: I hate myself being okay with it.
0: <laughs> how about that? I like, hate my. I hate myself. For actually, trying to convince people that this is what happened because it's like it's my dark, twisted way of thinking. But. Dude's 43 years old. He's and already it would missed. be
1: so easy to do. And, it, and the other thing is it actually makes a lot of sense. I
0: know it does. It do you think he wanted sense. to miss Bay Hill? No, but he had to because he had a next – do you think he wanted to even put himself in a position to not be physically in peak form at Augusta? See, I think the
1: opposite. I think it was extremely convenient for him to be like, eh, I don't really need to go to Bay Hill right now.
0: Dude, five matches of competition – could you, could you ask for anything more for Tiger? He wasn't, a, he, he got out of the, the round robin round, the group stage round, or whatever they're calling it now, the three, the three, uh, three match round. Yeah. So he got out of that. He beat Rory McElroy, who I've contended peak of his powers, best player on the planet. So he beat Rory. You and Mike Greenberg together. Greeny just said that to me too. What, I mean, what else does, what else did Tiger want out of the WGC? I think it was nothing. perfect.
1: Yeah, nothing.
0: That's, like to go play Kevin Kisner or Matt Kucher. <laughs>
1: He didn't need that. That would have been better than – we had an opportunity, though. It almost could have been – it could have been Tiger Sergio. There was a chance. The scenario could have broke the right way, and it would have been Tiger Sergio.
0: That's actually a pro segue. Uh, We just brought up Kucher and and Sergio. Well, you threw Kucher out there, too. That's right. Yeah, just said – yeah, He. It's funny how you couldn't – both of these guys right now if we had to pick i'd say there there are three villains on tour in the public's eyes not ours the public's eyes who's got the worst who's had the worst start of the
1: year between these are the two like we two guys who have yeah. had the worst
0: public image start of the year possible yeah and we like look you and i like patrick reed but reed's a villain right
1: He's made out to be
0: that. Correct. He's not
1: a villain, but he's made out that's to his be a bad that guy. That's yeah. his wrestling character.
0: Yeah. He's the villain. Kuchar's the villain. Sergio's the villain. Now, uh, Kuchar Sergio was and the Kuchar-, gold-
1: Kuchar was like the nice, good guy with the southern smile that was like so prim and proper. And the truth came out that he's actually a big cheapskate and not nearly what he pretends to be in public. Which right. is, that's fine. That's and Portends, not pretends. Um
0: and Sergio's and had. Sergio
1: is known for some of his antics. The the most that I hear from the crowd now, again, all cards on the table. Full disclosure, Sergio, somebody I call a friend. <laughs> you know, we I, I text with his wife a bunch because she got a show on Sirius XM, and we've known each other for a long, long time. So I'm saying, from everyone I hear from crowds. And from some of my other friends, Sergio's rep, crybaby. Crybaby, immature, and sometimes disrespectful to the game of golf.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, you don't need backstories for that. I mean, he's the guy that famously said, I'm never going to win a major. I'm only good enough to be second place. uh He's got a temper. True that. I mean, he he, he comes out. He comes off in and public. And he's going
1: through some personal stuff.
0: Yeah he beat but, the hell out of that sand over <laughs> in Dubai cuz he didn't like the way the bunker know, was raked.
1: Why would they get mad at that? It's, uh, it's right mean, there. It's, like it's, you it's, can't get more. Bro, I just you walk 7 steps. Here's some more sand. Just take
0: as much as you want. Whatever. So this comes up and this we bring this up because of the Sergio Kucher match where oh, and and the
1: subsequent Horrifically video. phony video, like that was. What's the worst thing that the two of these dudes could do? Would be the and they did it. All go right, so on let's social media. Let's
0: go back and start what led right. to the video when Sergio missed a four-inch tapping putt.
1: Well, go back w- further. He misses a putt to top, he misses a putt to win the hole from about two and a half three feet. Correct. Now, lips out, reaches over and goes to backhand slap tap it in which would
0: have the hole and misses that and that was the four-incher where he yeah he literally in one motion missed the putt swept it back yeah now kutzer says afterwards that he was going to concede the four-incher to half the hole
1: well yeah of course you're going to but because he didn't have time to yell it out it's good and Sergio raked it and missed the rake. Now, is in a position where he just won the hole. Now, here's where it gets fun.
0: <laughs> First of all, who do you believe? What do you mean, who do I believe? Who do you believe? Do you believe Coocher was going to concede it? Yes. Okay.
1: I believe that if Sergio, when he missed that putt, would have just stood there, that Coocher would have said, it's good, let's go. Right. But I also believe that Kucher, when he saw Sergio do what he did, and this is why, like I said, this is why it gets fun. Kucher's played in so many match play events and so many, done so many things. Here's what he could have done he could have gone to the walk and score and said, Hey, that was good. Yep. Yeah. And now it's nothing. And everyone's like, Hey, did Kucher give that to him? Yeah, yeah, I gave it to him. I gave it to him. Of course. No, don't be stupid. When Kuchar calls the rules official over. He already knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows that he can say to that rules official. Hey, I was going to give him the putt. But I didn't get a chance to say it out loud. Like you did not have to do that. You could have went to the score and said, hey, I gave him that putt. It was good. Yeah. Yes. You know that whole. Yeah. Correct. That and, whole. And if he does that. Guess what? The hole's half, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Because he calls a rules official over, he knows exactly that what's going to happen is the rules official is going to say, well, if you didn't give him the putt verbally, then that putt was not good. So he legally has to take that stroke, which then makes you the winner of that hole.
2: But
0: he could have told the rules official, Hey, you know, on seven, I concede that hole. Like, yes,
1: he could have done that, but he, he, here's why you don't. Can't do it that. be?
0: I think it it could have been retroactive.
1: No, you can't.
0: Are you sure?
1: Yes, and the other the and one of the reasons that you don't want to concede another hole after the fact, like and this is where it got really crazy. But I would just gave you the next hole, like the hole would have been halved, so I wouldn't have lost a hole.
0: I'm uh, Sure, the new vernacular is tied.
1: I don't care. Okay, the hole would have been tied. I wouldn't have lost. So because of that, we'd have been good to go. Like, I'm not going to give you a hole that I didn't lose. I didn't lose the hole. We just should have been tied. Yeah, that's all you needed. You just needed to
0: tie the hole. That's it. Just tie a hole. But doesn't this sound an awful lot like if he'd have just paid Caddy X this money from the get-go, we wouldn't be here? Correct. Does it sound a lot like that? Here's the
1: problem is, too, then, the reaction of Sergio on the next hole as they're walking to their tee shot. Sergio's not known for letting stuff go. <laughs> not good at that.
0: To the detriment of his career.
1: Hey, you know what I mean? The one, one of them dudes made it to the finals. Yeah. One, I'm just saying. So, you know.
0: So they go to the next hole.
1: And Sergio's flipping out. When they're walking to the tee balls, you know, which now you're completely off your game. The one thing, the one thing you have got, regardless of how you feel about Matt Kuchar, that dude has a level of focus when he's on the golf course doing his thing. Very few people have. When he's ready to hit a golf shot, he has the ability to let everything go. And he's just focused on work, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to do my work. Talk, You say whatever you want. All kinds of uh, outside stuff could be going on behind the scenes that people were talking about before. But when I step in and hit a shot, gone. He is one of the best I have ever seen at doing that, mm-hmm. at letting everything go and only focusing on what he's trying to accomplish. And he, kudos to him for being able to do that. Sergio can't. Sergio doesn't have, There's plenty of dudes of successful guys on the PGA Tour that that don't have that ability. So Kuchar was able to let it go and just was like, yeah, you know. But then that's also why I don't understand the need for the video on social media. Like, it helped neither of you. Because no one watched the video, the two of them sitting in a golf cart, talking about, oh, we caught, we caught up at the Austin Country Club and saddened. Now you see, you know, everything's fine. Between- we'll
0: repost the video on our Instagram.
1: We're good then. to go. Look at how we're all friends and stuff. You know what it's like? It's like taking two kids that just had a fight, and you tell them, both of you say you're sorry and shake hands. And both of them go, okay, sorry. 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 And you, like, say it like you mean it. Sorry. They <laughs> stick their hands out. Sorry. You know they don't mean it, right? Everything's fine. Like, it's cool, but... You just want to be the adult in that situation and be like, all right, well, it makes me feel better knowing I got to make them look each other in the eye and say that they're sorry.
0: Sorry. All right, so we've played numerous times, and if a putt – and I've – just with anybody else, your Kucher didn't – he saw the putt roll by to four inches – he could have before he saw Sergio walking at it be like that's good. Nah,
1: it happened too fast. I, I will give Kuchar, nah. give Kuchar. I'll give the, the benefit of the doubt. Right. Where that it happened so fast, what Sergio did, that Kuchar he I don't believe he really did have time to say that's good. I really don't believe that he did have time. But he he could have. Was he standing in the proper area to do so? Oh no. It don't matter where you stand. See, that's the thing. None of this matters. If you're looking at a guy and you see him do that, even if you don't say anything, "Hey man, it's good." Like even if you don't say that, you walk over to the scorer and go, "Hey man, that that last putt was good. That was
0: fine." Right. So now you're blaming Kucher.
1: Yes, I am. I am blaming Matt Kucher. For not doing that, and then for calling a rules official knowing that Sergio was going <laughs> to lose the hole. Yes, that is Matt Kuchar's fault. He knew exactly what the results were going to be, and that's Matt Kuchar. Like,
0: okay, so what? These two, just like. By the way, I love Kuchar at the Masters. What? In a pick six? Like If you're in a pick, if you're in a pick six league, Kuchar's playing
1: really good golf, right now. Yeah, it's true. I like, okay. so if if,
0: if you're looking, if you're looking to this,
1: I hope at some point in the United States, we start gambling on golf like they do in the UK.
0: I don't know. How do they gamble on golf in the UK?
1: It's top seven. So it's called each way. And so there's a couple of different houses. That's kind of like funny. there's William Murray, there's Ladbrooks, there's all these different not houses. Right? William Murray the clothing?
0: Um uh, William Mo- uh, it Morris. Morris. No, it's not William Morris no, the that's agency. A, that's the agency.
1: <laughs> I think it's William Murray. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm William, almost positive. William Hill. Murphy. William Hill. William Is Murray Hill? Hill. William Hill. <laughs> either either one. So I'm just saying. Look, regardless, (laughs) nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. So what you can do is you can bet for someone to win or you can bet what's called each way. So that means you bet Mm. them to win or they finish inside the top seven. And then what happens is if they don't win, but they finish inside the top seven, instead of being 250 to one, now you're only getting like 40 to one. I like it. So the odds change if they don't win. But you still get paid, which I love. You know, it's, it, it, and it makes it more interesting to follow the guys because then what happens is if you pick the winner, awesome, but now you're rooting for dudes to finish second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth because now you're getting paid uh, by all of them. Like all your spots can pay. So you can put like two dollars on guys that are two hundred and fifty to one, right? And man, even if they finish in fifth, you're gonna make some cash. It's nice. I do like that. Which, if you're betting on Kucher on a like, that's when you say in a, on a six pick, then it's like, mm, yeah. Do I think Kucher can win the Masters? Nah, <laughs> nope. But but do I would I pick him? Would I go into Ladbrokes
0: in the UK and thought- put? 10 on him each way? Word. 2012, tied for third. 2013, tied for eighth. 2014, T5. 15, 16, he did 46 and 24. But 2017, he finished tied for fourth. And last year, he had an awful Friday, but he finished tied for 28th. Mm. I mean, he's there. Yeah. And he's playing really good golf.
1: I know. How many times, how many majors he got? How many times he went to Masters?
0: Well, yeah. It ain't happening yeah. again this year. No, but he's a guy that if Bunny. you need someone, if you need someone to finish in the top twenty, I don't yes. hate that pick.
1: Oh, absolutely, and the way he's playing right now too. The guy who scares me is Brooks Kevka. Yeah, you brought that up last week. Lost some weight. <sighs> Swear, I'm gonna go. He needs to get, get back on those muscles. He needs to get back some on some those muscle creams
0: down. down. That dude's throat. Yeah, he needs to get back to the protein shake.
1: Yes, I don't know what you eating, but stop I mean, get get yourself some bacon cheeseburgers something. You need more fat and protein,
0: homie. Quick programming note on the uh, Masters Caddy and I, obviously, will both be there for our ESPN duties. We will tape a podcast Monday evening after walking the course, kind of getting a sense for what's going on, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, So we'll have that one for you next week. We don't typically delve... Not typically. We don't delve into politics here on on Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. We we don't. We we won't uh, do so today other than a book written uh by New York Times best-selling author and former ESPN employee Rick Riley and and a good friend released who a I book. played
1: golf with at the the week of the open this past year
0: he uh released he's released a book called commander-in- cheat and it's how golf explains Trump now I'm not going to get into the whole political uh aspect of any of this I will however read an excerpt that you can read <laughs> for yourself from this book commander-in- cheat there are Two excerpts that I want to read, and, Caddy, I want your take, because this is literally one of the most fascinating things that I've read in quite some time. So the first excerpt is Riley writing, who says, I used to have this coach who told us, how you do one thing is how you do everything. You loaf in practice, you're going to loaf in the game. You cheat on your test, you're going to cheat on your wife. I found that to be true with golf. The guy who plays slowly on the course is going to be molasses in meetings. The guy who's generous with compliments on the course is going to do the same at dinner. And the guy who cheats on the course is going to cheat in business or on his taxes or say in politics. So that was kind of his setup. Yes. To all of what he is saying. What the, does everybody say about the game of golf? It shows you it, you, it teaches you a lot about a person.
1: That's it. Play one round of golf with, with, play 18 holes with someone and you will
0: learn everything you need to know about them. Excerpt two. Trump doesn't just cheat at golf. He cheats like a three-card money dealer. He throws it, boots it, and moves it. He lies about his lies. He fudges and foozles and fluffs. At Winged Foot, where Trump is a member, the caddies got so used to seeing him kick his ball back onto the fairway, they came up with a nickname for him. Pele. Excerpt number three.
1: There's a caddy on, too, who has the nickname Pele because he kicked the ball on the fairway (laughs) while they were walking, just not paying attention.
0: To say Donald Trump cheats is like saying Michael Phelps swims. (laughs) He cheats at the highest level. He cheats when people are watching, and he cheats when they aren't. He cheats whether you like it or not. He cheats because that's how he plays golf. That's how he learned it. That's how he needs it. And whether you're his pharmacist or Tiger Woods, if you are playing golf with him, he is going to cheat. In fact, he did cheat with Tiger Woods. One time, Trump was invited invited Tiger Dustin Johnson and Brad Faxon to play golf. This was just recently, right after he became president. Faxon and Trump against Woods and Johnson, which is laughable to begin
1: with. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, but because Woods and Johnson are so preposterously long off the tee, they decided Faxon and Trump could tee off from the middle tees. Trump would get a stroke subtracted on the eight hardest holes. Everyone else would play scratch. So on this one hole, Faxon's telling the story. Donald hits his second and fats it into the water. But he quickly says to me, hey, throw me another ball. They weren't looking. So I do. But he fats that one into the water. (laughs) So he drives up and drops where he should have dropped the first time and hits his onto the green. Meanwhile, on the other side of the fairway, Woods being Woods, has hit his approach, kicking birdie. Everybody's on the green now with Trump about 20 feet from the hole and getting a stroke. Trump said, so where does everybody stand here? Baxson says, well, Tiger just made a three. What's that putt for, Mr. President? And Trump goes four for three. <laughs> Paxson goes four for three, but he missed it anyway. But it was really fun to play with him. He rakes every putt, but you kind of want him to. You've heard so much about it, it's almost like you want to witness it so you can tell the stories. It's incredible. Then they go to the story about how he kicks Tarico's ball 10 feet away from an eagle putt into a bunker. What? Oh, you haven't heard this story? No. Oh, excerpt number four. (laughs) Once, Trump hosted three famous ESPN announcers, Tarico, Gruden, and Jaws. Okay? So it was Trump and Gruden versus Jaws and Tariqo. Off they went. At one point, they were playing a blind par five in Tarico. Who's a 12.3 handicap, had 230 yards into the green. He hit the three wood of his life. Oh my God, his caddy said open mouth. The thing had the flag covered from the start. It crested the hill perfectly and was going to be tight to the pin. Shocked at his sudden skill, Tariko high fived his caddy and strode toward the green, his shoes barely touching the grass. <laughs> but somehow, when they got there, the ball wasn't near the pin. It wasn't even on the green. It was 50 feet left of the pin in the bunker. Unless it hit a drone and ricocheted <laughs> sideways, there was no physical way it could have ended up there. Lousy break, Trump said to Tariko, who checked the market of the ball to make sure it was his. Befuddled, it took Tariko two swipes to escape the bunker on the way to a seven. Afterwards, Tariko says, Trump's caddy came up to me and said, You know that shot you hit on the par five? It was about 10 feet from the hole. Trump threw it into the bunker. I watched him do it. That's just. Is that not the most amazing thing you've ever heard? Not just cold-blooded either.
1: Like, that's just. Especially in a three-wood, that's the shot of your life. And that's how. Oh, bruh. I mean that's just oh But he he
0: expects he expects everyone there was another thing in here where it was saying like he talks to his partners before the round and he'll tell him like he'll tell his playing partner like see those two guys up there, they're gonna cheat, so we're gonna cheat and you're gonna cheat because if everybody's cheating, it's not cheating.
1: That's like the Tour de France. It's exactly what it's like. This is the tour de front. Like, if
0: everyone's doing this to get through the French Alps, which yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. The one guy it's riding a the bike who's
1: clean is out in stage two. Yeah. He just can't pedal no more.
0: But we're going to effort. And off. I know it, it's probably, it's obviously not going to be on today's episode, but in, in the latter episode, maybe even after the Masters, we're going to get Rick Riley on because I want, I want to talk about this book.
1: I, yes, I'm cool with that too because we talked about it. Like, the book has just been released. Yeah. Um but I spoke with him. We talked about the book and he did so much research. That's the one thing people don't understand that goes into doing something like writing a book, especially like something like this. The amount of research that you have to do and the amount of people that you have to go talk to and get to talk to you and open up to you is worth a, a many migraines. <laughs>
0: I Many mean we know brains. our But colleague- I want
1: people I just want people if you've never written or if you've never written if you've never read anything that Rick Riley has written I'm going to do for you what someone did for me all right and it doesn't matter and this has nothing to do with politics it has nothing to do with this is only for people who, if you love golf and I'm going to give you the same instructions that were given to me He wrote a book called Missing Links all right go find that book and just read the first page and if you don't laugh out loud at the first page, don't buy the book.
0: Missing links. It's called right, missing I'll, links. I'll, do, I'll do it as in well. 1996.
1: Okay. I remember I was caddying for Chris couch in Ohio and a, and a guy, we were staying at a house and a guy had this book and he gave me the book. He goes, do you read? And I go, yeah, a lot. And he gave me the book and he, that was his instructions. He goes here, just read the first page. If you don't laugh out loud, you don't have to read the book. And I sent it back to him two weeks later. Cause after reading, he heard me laugh. And I told him I'm going to keep this if it's cool. And he goes, yeah, keep it and send it back to me when you're done. And so when, whenever I needed a really, I read this book and it's a really good book who Riley then I'm sure will tell us, you know, if we can get him on a podcast that there have been several attempts to turn this book into a movie, which has to be done mm-hmm. some way, somehow this, this book could be, could rival Caddy Sh- – I know this is going to sound like blasphemy but th- this book if it was done right could rival Caddyshack as far as
0: the book if it was done right a movie you're talking. missing links yeah like an adaptation
1: yeah if they if they did it right this could this could rival Caddyshack but it's not the same not even close to the same premise storyline none of that stuff it's just a really really cool book so I can't wait to see Rick. hopefully he'll be at the master's yeah, he'll be at
0: He'll be. At, he should be. A okay. School. He should be. But I mean, look, if he's selling a uh, an air quotes golf book, well, he ain't selling the, it there. About the no, he won't sell it there. <laughs> but if he, he he's gonna want to be seen potentially, by but
1: he could also be doing some kind like this is he does those crazy book tours and stuff, and now that he's not he's not actually full time working for anybody, so
0: in fact, the book just dropped today. Yeah, be available April second. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting read because look. Unless we're playing for high, high money or we're in a situation where you're in an actual tournament, I don't mind dudes. You're like, dude, can I hit another month? Yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't care. If it's not a sanctioned event, I don't care. Dude,
1: when me and you play golf together, if someone from the USGA came out and walked with us, Number one, as soon as they open their mouth about a rules infraction that you or I did, they'd be getting chloroformed. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? They, well, they'd, I be, would, they'd be on the front of the golf cart like <laughs> that deer would have been when we talked about when we played in
0: Orlando. I would cup check them with my driver so quick.
1: <laughs>
0: Don't talk uh, about that, man. Tiger hey. got me
1: twice with his freaking butter, man. It hurts.
0: Actually, rule 32-6. Section five. They wouldn't Boom. get
1: to the section part. They would get <laughs> chopped right in the throat. Section 30s. Oh, oh. <laughs> Chop you right in your Adam's apple. Shut what up. is
0: it with the rules, stooges? What, like, I mean, I get it. There are rules. You can't just blatantly disrespect the game, but come on.
1: What I don't understand is if you're not playing on a professional tour and you're not playing in a USGA sanctioned event, If it's just a fun event and there isn't any big, crazy money on the line, then everything that you do can be local rule amended anyway. So you just agree between you and your buddies that this is what we're going to be allowed to do. This is what we're not going to be allowed to do. My boy Bob Harris says that his father-in-law and his buddies, they play winter rules all year round and they live in Tampa. (laughs) Like,
0: what do you mean winter rules in March? Like what do you mean winter rules year-round? When is there winter in Tampa? Maybe like for six days? That's my point. Yeah, even if in
1: February, like February 12th, it could be 40 degrees, which would be rare in Tampa. But even if it is, like, what do you mean winter rules were rolling the ball? The fairways are the
0: same now as they were in September. And let me be – let us – let. I, and I think I'll speak for the both of us in, in this respect because we, we got here because of the, the, the excerpt from the Trump book. We're not saying if you hit the ball in the water, it's not a stroke and you don't have to drop – Oh two, no and no and three. no you still to We're not yeah, yeah, we're not saying that. Nah. We're saying that if your ball is up against dirt and a root of a tree, you can move it out a little bit.
1: Yeah, like I don't I'm not playing you so that you're gonna break your wrist and then we don't get to finish the round. Right. Or you gotta just sit in the golf cart while I finish the round as your wrist is pointing in the wrong direction or your fingers are all smashed up. L- like l- let's that's get- not fun and doesn't grow the game.
0: Let's get Brooke. here. are you there? Are you listening? Are you? Are your headphones on? Can you talk to the patron? So while Brooksy jumps on the right microphone.
1: I have not talked to any one person who hasn't agreed with us on this subject when it comes to the rules and the USGA. And people laughed. Here's a great one. When I told people that Mike Davis played Pebble Beach And four days at Pebble, they played lift, clean, and place. And for four days, he would not lift, clean, or place his golf ball. People laughed at him. People did not think, oh, what a wonderful, upstanding steward of the all the rules that is the USGA because they've never played lift, clean, and place for the US Open. And he really proved a great point there. No, you look like an idiot.
0: You know the guy that I want to punch. I want to punch the guy. I don't want to punch Mike Davis. I like him a lot. No, not and Mike when Davis. I did. When I'm I talked
1: to this. him for an interview, he was like the first thing he said to me was, "Hey man, please be nice." It's <laughs> like, come on, man, you ain't got to be scared of me. I'm not. I'm not trying to hurt nobody.
0: That ain't my thing. I played with a uh, with a guy out here in Florida, and I left my second shot just. It was short of the green. It, w- it was on the fringe, but it was it was. It was coming off a little bit of a wet day, and so I, I think it was a nine iron. In, so there is some good height to it, and then I kind of plugged a little bit. So the ball was dirty; it wasn't on the green. I knew I couldn't mark it, and I knew that you just—the rule is—you leave it there,
1: play it as it loss.
0: But I was like, dude, the thing's got a chunk of mud on it. So I just go up and I go up to it, and and I picked it up, and I I kept it in the same air, and I just brushed it off on the grass to clean it up. Guys, like, well, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Says that to me. You're not supposed to do that. This is a dude you ain't never this played golf like before. This is ever. It's a perfect stranger. This is like the fifth hole. And I look at him, I'm like, yeah, you know, I know. I just didn't want to hit this next shot. But he was like, yeah, but that's, that's not how it's supposed to go.
1: I ain't supposed to hit you with a seven iron, and I was like, But no, if you open I, your mouth again, guess what's happening?
0: I was like, understood, all good. I was like, I'm, and then I said, I, go, I must have missed it at the first hole when we were playing for money. <laughs>
1: That's very funny. I'm sorry. Is was there any point in today that you thought I was going to ask you to sign so my scorecard and verify?
0: But if it was you and I, if you and I were playing and I and I left it short like that, I would ask you, Mikey. Do you mind if I wipe this off?
1: You would never. You know. Uh, but I wouldn't. You I wouldn't know. do it.
0: I wouldn't do it on asking though. Now that's that's the thing. It's like if we're if we're playing and we're having some fun. Dude, do you mind if I clean my ball off?
1: Uh, and you already know the answer to that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, you can clean. I don't.
0: Brooksy, kind of are you are, are you mic'd up yet? No, he's not. Look, it was
1: hard enough to get. I'm mic'd
3: up. up. I'm mic'd like, up. Okay, oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> I don't, don't have long thing. enough arms
0: to turn everything where, on at where the same do you time. Weigh, Where do you weigh in on this? Because you, you can be a little, little, uh, I mean, you win tournaments. You're a, you're, you're a stick. So
3: yeah. here's the thing. Honestly, yeah. if I'm playing with any of my friends, um, I'm not saying a word. Um, I, I, I'm probably going to acknowledge it, but I don't care. You you can literally clean your ball off at any point. The only thing that you're going to do not, that you could do that would make me mad is tee up a ball in the fairway. Anything else is fair game. Wait, people do that? Uh, all the That's time.
1: That's for kids, man. All adults, the time, I've never, seen,
3: I've seen it too. Real, you, adults. So <laughs> I got a story for you from this, from this last weekend too, oh, which man. I thought was pretty funny. It just got north of forty degrees in Connecticut, so everybody yeah. thinks it's golf season. It's so really, I was playing on Saturday, and I'm playing with three random guys, and one of these guys is their like ringleader. He plays the course all the time, and um, he gave each one of his playing partners mulligans. Now we're not playing for money. Um, we're not in the same hemisphere in terms of handicaps. Um, but on the 12th hole, I hit a ball that, uh, went a little left. And, uh, so he looks at me and he goes, he, he goes, you're going to need to hit a provisional. And I was like, provisional. I was like, you and all of your friends have had mulligans for the first 11 holes, but I have to hit a provisional. Like I'm going to retee it cause that's what I do. And I'll count the score if it makes you feel better. But why is mine a provisional, but yours is a mulligan. I don't, I don't understand that.
1: Now, did you say that to him so he could answer? Oh, of course. Of course. What was his answer when he goes, Why? When you said, Why is minor provisional and all your buddies get mulligans? Well, he goes, Oh,
3: I thought you were playing for a score. And so uh they were nice guys and I don't want to. So now fight with them. he's your
0: handicap gatekeeper?
3: And that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, yeah. I just told you that I haven't touched a club since October. Like I'm playing and I'm gonna post the score because that's what you do. But the fact of the matter is, um you can give me the same leeway that you're giving your hack friends.
1: Yeah, but see that's <laughs> okay, you just said the magic word. You tell this dude you ain't picked up clubs in October, right? And you probably told him that on the first tee, and then you proceed to just wear them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 11 holes. For the first 11 holes, you don't need a provisional or nothing, and these dudes are just chop hacking it all over the place. Here's like how I knew doing I was in construction. For a long day. Right. And now, once you hit one bad shot, he's like, he's already mad.
3: Here's uh, So there are two two reasons I knew I was in for a long day. One, the uh, only tee boxes that were out were whites. So uh, on that particular golf course, I generally play the blacks. But I thought about just teeing up where they normally play the blues. Show off. Uh, from the whites it's six thousand yards, so that means I hit three drivers all day long, and that's just not fun for me. I don't want to hit four iron off of every tee. What town was this course? Oh, DJ. Um, it's in Middlefield, I guess. Middlefield, Connecticut.
0: I was gonna try and guess, but I have no clue. Uh,
3: it's right next. It's the closest golf course to my house. Um, I like the golf courses from the back tees. It's over seven thousand yards. It's it's you know it's a stretch. It's it's Lyman. Yes. All right. So right. it's a very, it's a fun track. And it's a good, I, I do like line. But so, you know, I'm hitting four yards, but on the very first tee I get to hit driver, and I'm about 60 or 70 yards past him. <laughs> and uh, so we walk off the first tee, and, you know, I I have a wedge in, I hit it on the green, I two-putt for par, and they were like, oh, my God, that's such a great par. And I just looked at him, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in for a long, long Saturday afternoon. Give me the age group.
0: Uh, Mid to late 50s. Yeah, and could you tell the guy that like the ringleader of you're going to need to hit a provisional? Did he come off as that guy from the get go? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah I course. find that that guy is the easiest to spot.
3: One hundred percent, and and you know that because he's asking you what town you're from on the first tee. Yeah. Like, bro, it honestly, it doesn't matter what town I'm from. Like, why, I don't understand why anybody ever asks that question. He's Where trying are you to get from? your,
0: he's trying to get your LinkedIn profile yeah. before yeah. you've even swung a club. Oh. I
3: live in Connecticut. I'm playing golf with you today. Those are the only questions that you need to ask me about my personal life.
0: He's yeah. the guy that puts the orange whip back in the bag right before the first tee shot. They all
3: had those giant <laughs> yellow, uh, orange swing whip. aids. The orange the whip. Had, well, they had yellow ones. Oh, right? there's, yeah, there's a, yeah. well, there's there's it's winter time. Way. Yeah. Um, they ain't warm up yet. <laughs> which was really funny. And, and then my, my favorite from, from the weekend, uh, we get up to one of these holes and it's a shortish par four. So everybody's laying up and one guy says, I can't hit a five iron cause I always hook it. And I was like, well, why don't you just take the same swing as your six iron? And he goes, well, I do, but the five iron is the one that always hooks. <laughs> so I just told the guy to aim way right. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. So he gets up there, he hooks his five iron. And he looks at me like it was my fault. <laughs> And I was like, bro, we both both know that you are gonna be left. So uh why don't we just keep put it there and save us some time?
0: I, uh, I you with this group would have been a fascinating just watch.
3: I don't say a whole lot. I you mean don't.
0: luckily for me I, I had my own <laughs>
3: cart.
1: And when so. you did say something you had to do hooking his five iron
3: like he tried to warn you from, you're worse than a caddy. Well, no what I really told him was just open your stance and take the same swing. Um but he just looked at me like, Oh, that sounds easy. And I was like, it is easy. Until, to do it
1: until he opened his stance, opened the face. And guess what? Flipped his hands at the bottom anyway, because in his head, that's what he had to do.
3: You, you know, know, I, I, I mean, I, this is going to be very technical for our podcast listeners, but I watched him. He swung around his body. Like there was no way that he wasn't going to have you
1: hook seen it. my body. What do you think I do?
0: Well, he, <laughs> but good point. <laughs> so you're talking. He went outside to in instead of inside to out. On that
1: five iron, on that five iron, he went, he went way out and then stayed, instead of dropping it down into the slot, he just was swinging way outside. Exactly. Like he was, he was trying to hit a ball. If he was right handed, he was doing everything he could to hit it to the right fielder, which when you do that and your hands start turning over, it's actually going to go foul ball left. Yeah, you'll shut the face. Correct. I also think it that, way.
3: that most amateur, like bad hacks, uh think that when they get a five iron in their hand, they have to swing really hard. And what I was trying to explain to these guys is, um eighty percent of your five iron should be enough if you can get the ball in the fairway. Like you swinging extra hard is definitely not going to make your ball go straight.
0: You know what I love about Brooksy? One is he's, he's fun to play with. We should we need to all get out at some point when Caddy decides to grace us with his presence in Connecticut. But did what he I love, just
1: say it just got to 40 degrees, which people yeah,
3: think is golf yeah, weather? Yeah, we'll see you in July. Collins,
0: we'll see you in July. That's right. Yeah. Like, don't come uh, up here yet. Don't what worry. I, what I love about Brooksy is he shows up to the course wearing baggy-ass pants, baggy pullovers. He looks like Eminem,
1: right? Here's the thing about like when you clothes. show up like that, when you show up like that, those dudes that are over 50 – they're like, we're going to take this dude. That's for what I'm every saying. Percent he's got. And so he's smart shows up. golfers are looking at him going, do not bet that dude. For right. Any. And he's going to show up with a raggedy golf bag and like a set that doesn't look quite right. Like it's just, it's not perfect.
0: So he shows up and then the, yeah, these older dudes are like, Oh, look, glad, glad we got this, this guy. And, yeah. and then he probably, and then he goes out there and just absolutely pokes him for 12 holes. And then finally, Johnny Rules gets to get you for a provisional.
1: Well, that was the funny thing because you know, Johnny Rules guy jumped back in the car with his buddies when we're talking all kinds of smack on He. Oh, talking about oh poor us, we got to play with this chop over here, and then he <laughs> blows it by him sixty yards, and now he's got to come up with all these excuses <laughs> for why little Eminem over there is blown it sixty by everybody and giving swing advice to guys who ain't never been told nothing before.
3: My uh so it was really windy on Saturday. So we're playing this long downhill par three. Um, and the ringleader and I hit the exact same club. Um, I, I went three, qu- but so we hit the exact same club. So we, we turn the corner and we're playing into the wind two holes later. And, uh, he looks at me and he's like, what are you hitting? And I was like, I can't tell you that. That's cheating. <laughs> Uh but then I was like I'm hitting a 7 iron and he goes, "Oh, I was going to hit an 8. Look at me, I'm bigger than you." Oh, <laughs> I
0: just looked at him and I was like, God. "Bro, you're going to be 30 yards short." You know what? That's when you take a practice swing and chunk some dirt right into him. <laughs> no,
3: like I mean, practice, you know. <laughs> he was 30 yards short and I was, you know, I was going to say,
0: "Did he hit the 8 iron?" "Yo, yeah. Oh, he awesome.
3: hit a, a a huge high hook that was uh very lucky not to go out of bounds." Oh, that's what I love about playing golf out here. In all you Florida. have to say when you have a guy like that and
1: he hits that shot, all you say to him is, "Yeah, that, that looked like the right call."
0: That's great. Yeah, <laughs> that he looked like it. the right call. Great, great job. Perfect. I love the people out here because they're you know they're older people. So you get paired up with these older guys who just love telling stories and just they're happy to be out on a golf course. Those are my kind of people. This time of year up there, you just happy to be alive. <laughs> All right, guys, coming up next, we'll get to some of the calls last week of the marijuana on the to PJ Tour Plus. Colin's got a look at some of the Nike Masters apparel coming up. But first, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and the row of your choice to make things even better. Vivid seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive 10% off your first ticket order to save even more money. Go to the app store or Google play and download the vivid seats app. First time customers can use promo code golf for 10% off your first vivid Seats order. Every purchase is backed by a hundred percent buyer guarantee for the biggest concert and games, the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all download the app enter the promo code golf for 10 percent off your first order on vivid seats make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let vivid seats help you get to your favorite live event all right welcome back to maddie and the caddy the podcast again we said that we would uh, answer your calls based on our question from last week should marijuana be allowed on the pga tour our first call
4: hey maddie and caddy uh, I wanted to touch base and call in about your conversation on Robert Garrigus and uh, and the drug policy. Uh, I think number one, the uh, the big thing that is going to have to be addressed is with the legalization of gambling. Uh, you were talking about disclosing on behalf of the PGA Tour uh, suspensions. I think that if gambling becomes a big part of golf in the future, then those suspensions need to be public because you're going to have to start um, having a lot of money flow through and that kind of becomes uh, uh, almost like the NFL publishing injuries or something like that where um, with the legalization of gambling, you're going to need to know those kinds of things uh, or at least have an obligation to know those kinds of things. Uh, the other thing on on as far as using marijuana, especially for a guy that has conditional status or no status, I mean it's so stressful. If a dude wants to smoke a little weed between uh, between weeks or weeks off, or if he misses a Monday qualifier or something like that. Man, smoke a little weed, get uh, get your nerves calm. Maybe you'll make the next Monday or something like that. I don't think people should be. Pro should be smoking weed uh, on the course during a tournament, almost like, you know, they got rid of uh, smoking cigarettes on the course. But, man, if you want to smoke a little weed between rounds uh, calm your nerves, by all means, I'm, I'm all for it. So uh, love the show. Thanks. Talk to you guys later. Bye. All
0: right. Thank you for the call. So, Caddy, your thoughts. Shouldn't be smoking actively playing, but if you go home at night and light one up, doesn't care. Your thoughts.
1: I'm a hundred percent for that. And I feel the same way that that guy does for the same reason that they started finding guys. If they got caught smoking cigarettes on television, it's just a bad look. So I don't, whether it's cigarettes or marijuana, what it doesn't matter what you're smoking. Kids don't need to see that. And some adults don't need to see that either. So like how you get your, Cannabis, marijuana intake don't matter if you want to go. I mean, there are plenty of plenty of situations where people want to have a cigarette and they'll go into a port and smoke a cigarette, you know, so it's out of the public eye. People don't necessarily know there's many cases on the PGA and a lot of cases on the LPGA tour where that's that's holds true.
0: Here's what I don't get, though. Why is it? No one. I don't know who's going to smoke weed. On the on course. On the course. Why uh, yeah, playing. I don't get that. I didn't I get why cigarettes have that stigma that it just doesn't look good and you don't want to populate that habit. It's also not a an stigma.
1: It's because cigarettes have things added to it.
0: <laughs> why are cigars? I love cigars, you know. Cigars that. are even worse. Oh, are they? Yes. That's not good.
1: Yeah. People think, well, I don't inhale. It, that you don't have to.
0: But why do cigars seem more okay than cigarettes? Honestly, man, I don't know.
1: I don't know. And I think maybe it's because you don't inhale a cigarette. Maybe it's because there are are much fewer cigars. Like how many people smoke cigars? And the one thing with cigars is is there are – tons and tons of people who don't smoke cigarettes at all and if they are going to have a cigar it's only at very special occasions or moments that's me i don't
0: i don't smoke cigarettes but i love a cigar when i play golf
1: and you only have a cigar when you're on the golf course it's not like hey man we're going to the club cool bring cigars (laughs) like nah you don't do it then and plenty of people don't they just i'll have a cigar at the golf course or some people like i like the smell of cigars so if if I'm having an after dinner drink and there's a cigar burning close by, they might not partake in it, but they enjoy that smell. So I think that's why that stigma isn't there with cigars, even though when it comes to it, like one cigar has the like amount of nicotine and cyanide, all the bad stuff has. It's a pack of cigarettes for one cigar. Oh,
0: I feel like you're now you're just speaking lies. Sorry. I'm not. Uh,
1: I'm not trying to be hurtful. I'm going to anybody. do research on this. look, I'm not saying stop. Look, I don't, no, you're, I'm you're not against it.
0: You absolutely now. I'm. I don't now smoke all,
1: cigars on the golf course, but you
0: now know. I'm triggered. All right, caller number two.
2: <laughs> hey guys, uh, he's a longtime fan of the show. Just wanted to follow up on yesterday's podcast and substance abuse. I think uh, obviously the PGA is following the stiff upper lip and archaic terms of. Uh, Yesteryear and, uh, hopefully sooner than later they will, uh, get their act together to what's best instead of ostracizing people that, uh, you know, have conditional status and why don't they start going after, uh, some of the people that are bringing in all their money, the award winning guys, uh, top tier, tw- top 25 and, uh, or hopefully some of those guys will start sticking up for themselves because obviously we all know they're using and, uh, it's kind of, uh, a shame that they're picking on little guys just to make a point of change that is inevitable. Thanks. Love the show. Have a great day. All
0: right. Thank you for the call. Uh, Caddy, do you agree or disagree that golf is just going after the little guys and they're not going after the big guys that this person allegedly says
1: that they use? This caller also probably believes in contrails and (laughs) some Bigfoot conspiracy (laughs) theories. And the Loch Ness Monster is a member of the CIA and an undercover agent for Russia. It doesn't. It, when people say stuff like this, they don't understand that the PGA Tour did not. They were not the ones who publicly announced that Robert Garragis was suspended for marijuana. Garagas did that on his own. The policy of the PGA tour is to not. It's the exact opposite. The PGA tour will not, does not, and won't release suspensions of people who tested positive for recreational drugs, period. So to say that they're only coming after the little guy is so ridiculous and idiotic. I can't even, it's hard for me to come up with a catchy, funny analogy for it because it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. We know of golfers who have taken time off and the speculation was the reason that they took time off was not of their own accord then they didn't have a real good reason for why. Right. And it's because the tour hasn't come out and said, you're suspended for blank and publicly they, because that's not what their policy is. So to say that guys, that the big guys aren't being targeted is so irresponsible and so blatant lie. It's just, it's not true. It's just not true.
0: Having said that, we still appreciate the phone call. 860-506-6012. Today's question. Yeah, tell us did, about Bigfoot. Next did time. Tiger, quote-unquote, <laughs> throw the match. All right, quickly, oh. before we get out of here, uh, I know we're, we're we're playing a little heavy round today, but there's been plenty to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Collins, you were at an event in New York with Nike Golf. They unveiled uh, some of the... Uh, a gear that the player's gonna be wearing at the Masters. I'll have Snow Caddy Pack. post those on Maddie and Caddy on Instagram. Oh. You know how to get on the account. You know the password, Caddy. Yeah. You, they, Nike so. coming out. There's a good, uh, lookbook coming for Augusta. What?
1: Okay. So they started doing all of this stuff. So if you remember at the Players Championship, Rory, well, number one, TaylorMade had bags. I saw oh, those, but filthy. they didn't, yeah, no, they were banging. They were yellow, like a real Jack Nicholas yellow, kind of. Um, but it was last minute for them. So they didn't have time to do a lot of them. Nike came out with shoes. Rory had a special players championship shoe and the bottom, like it was a classic white, but then it was gold for the new trophy. And the foot plate on the bottom was gold. And I mean, it blinged when the sun hit it. So he would follow through on a swing. And now for the masters, they've come up with this snake pack idea. And, their new thing kind of goes back to something they had before and it's praying hands. And I th- and it looks like it's going to be on a bunch of this stuff but definitely it'll be on the Masters stuff. So, so it's a snakeskin upper and and I mean every line of their golf shoe yeah has this green snakeskin through it, there are praying hands and yellow in the Augusta yellow somewhere on the shoe and the the sole plate is is metallic silver. So it really shines as well. And there's a whole story behind how they did it and why they did it. And so I was like, the thing that was scary is, so far, the two guys who wear the regular Jordan brand. Now, remember, Keegan Bradley wears Jordans, but he doesn't wear – his are special-made Jordans. They're they're different than the other ones. Pat Perez and HV3 Mm -hmm. are the two that wear Jordans on the golf course. Neither of them were qualified for the Masters as we tape this. Pat is out because of injury. Yep. HV3 is out. There's out so far. He has to win San Antonio to get it. So your boy might be the only guy on property wearing these Masters. Dresses. Wait,
0: how'd you get them? What? How'd you, how'd you get them? What him? are you talking about? You get those yesterday? What? No. You? You? What? I didn't say that. Who's my boy? Oh, just, you know, you know a guy that knows a guy. See, typical caddy doesn't tell me he's going to this event and then swipes the Whoa, two, didn't tell you. Two.
1: Hey, uh, back up there, fool. No chance. Like, hold on. Not lying to our listeners. Did you get the same email that I got? I did. Did you respond to it? I did. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next word? What I didn't did, hear that. Did you reply? Hold
0: on. Did, did you reply say it again? Say it loud. Say it proud. You did what? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Your Honor, I don't recall at this time.
0: <laughs> so they, they exactly did they, they give I out thought. shoes at this event?
1: I, maybe they did. I, you know yeah. what? Only the
0: people that were there know. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's a good time to end the podcast because now I'm <laughs> to hear.
1: and I'm getting. I just shitty. triggered Brad and Chad. All
0: right, so we will talk to you next week. From Augusta National. Yes. Uh, we are looking forward to that uh, first major championship of the year. Uh, Maddie and Caddy will be there. Uh, walking the course Monday, getting some stuff. We'll tape uh, later that afternoon, and we will have that out to you uh, first thing Tuesday morning. Uh, we appreciate the download, subscription. Please rate us. Uh, please spread the word. Caddy, will you will you please post some of the apparel on Maddie and Caddy Instagram? Yes.
1: Yeah, some of the stuff I'm not allowed to because it's embargoed, but some of the stuff I actually saw – all four shirts that
0: Tiger's going to wear. Yeah, those they put those out yesterday. Those look yeah.
1: good. So I can post the pictures that I took as well okay. right. to show that one of us was there.
0: Awesome work on those shoes, man. Great job. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. too
1: bad you don't wear nines.
0: <laughs> look forward to seeing you. All right, for the caddy. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cowan. I and the Maddie. This has been the Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to
1: Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN
0: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Maddie and the Caddy.